We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.cam, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Chris Biederman is out today dealing with some off-field stuff. So I've got Joe Shasky in. Uh, he's part of the morning roast on 95-7 The Game in San Francisco. We're going to talk Niners, just kind of an off-season recap as we barrel toward free agency. So let's get into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. All right, Joe Shasky's here. Joe, thanks for, for hopping on on short notice. Um, I'm not sure if you've talked about the Niners quarterback situation at all this offseason, but I figured we could start there and try something new. I'm exhausted by the 49er <laughs> quarterback situation, quite frankly. Uh, whether it's the Joe Montana Peacock doc, which was awesome, but through the prism of Joe Montana, missing very key details from outside perspective, or whether we're talking about the Jimmy Garoppolo gamut that we've been on over the last two, three, four years, the Trey Lance saga, you know, watching Mac Jones in the rearview mirror, just everything, everything that's involved with the 49er quarterback position has been clunky and frustrating. Even though I have tremendous optimism moving forward, I just want some clarity. You know what I mean, Kyle? I, kind of, I want it to be over like I don't it's not a matter of of anything other than like I just want to do something different like yeah. I want to talk about something different like what's the trade compensation what's what's who's going to be the backup like there's so many other layers to get to but we can't because it's up against this Jimmy Garoppolo wall there's that no being said that being said Carson Wentz traded to Washington so that closes Washington as a destination but opens up Indianapolis Denver, the door shut there with Russell Wilson going there. I'm not opening up the door on Seattle because I don't think the Niners or the Seahawks would want to do that. Um, Where does he land? Where do you think he lands? Honest to God, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I can make a case for so many teams where they just, if you want an upgrade, if you just want to be better than what you've got right now, Jimmy Garoppolo makes a ton of sense. But what's the price point? 
Are, are you extending him? Are, are you giving him some sort of a, you know, um, you know, restructuring of the contract? Like, what are you doing to get Jimmy Garoppolo? He does have the no trade clause right now. Does he get cut outright? And then kind of see what the free agent market looks like. Like, it's wild to me that Mitchell Trubisky, without throwing a pass this year, like literally not one significant pass this year, somehow has catapulted up in value over Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's deficient in a lot of areas. He's a better football player than Mitch Trubisky. Don't get it twisted. And and I'm not even the biggest Jimmy G fan at all. Kyle, you know this. Like, I've been pointing out the flaws of Jimmy since day one. But he Mm -hmm. does do some good things. And I think there's something to be said for being a mature stabilizer. There are so many dysfunctional organizations that would love to have a stabilizing force like Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why the Colts are kind of funny to me because they have Andrew Luck retire suddenly. They've got to figure it out with Jacoby Brissett. It doesn't work out. Okay, trade for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, okay, you try and get him back with Frank Reich. He's going to be the guy. You get him for one year. He's not very good. They're off of him. If you're trading for Jimmy Garoppolo... Is he your guy for three, five, six years? That's and and it's been it's been fascinating hearing people on on especially on our station from different markets talk about Garoppolo because it to a man they're like yeah nah like no thanks pass and it's, it's wild it's it's going to be fascinating to see because Carson Wentz I would have thought Garoppolo probably had more value than Carson Wentz pre-surgery, but then you see Wentz get the two thirds and the mm-hmm. second round pick swap. What would you, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to ask what you think the Niners are going to get because mm-hmm. it, like you said, anybody can guess. What would you be happy with? Like what deal could Adam Schefter tweet where you'd be like, all right, sweet. That's a good, that's a good deal. Well, you know, this is one of those things. Like, I look at valuations, right? Like, this is why I love the draft. It's not just about getting sweet players. It's about getting sweet players at the appropriate spot in the draft, right? What makes George Kittle such an incredible find is a fifth rounder, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of softens the blow of missing on the number three overall pick, Solomon Thomas, right? Like, so the, it's uh-huh. all about evaluations. It's like if you buy a house, right? And, and you buy a $200,000 house, and then in two or three years, it's worth $5 million. You, you've made a ton of equity. But if you bought a $2 million house, which is what Solomon Thomas was, and then a couple of years later, it's barely worth a hundred grand. Like you, you've completely lost all your assets. So the Jimmy Garoppolo thing is funny to me because you won the trade second round pick. You gave him the money. You squeezed the lemon for everything. It got you. You had two really fun, deep playoff runs. He helped bring the organization to where they are now. And it's okay to cut ties. If they get anything over a fourth round pick, I'm like dancing in the street at this point, because to me, the bigger thing isn't necessarily the draft capital. It's, freeing themselves up with the money because to me the money is what's going to be very valuable because you're going to have the suppressed contract of Trey Lance right now with the with the quarterback rookie contract and you'll be able to maybe shore up offensive line maybe you go get yourself a pass rusher I don't know maybe you're going to overpay for one of these corners or something like that but you also need to reward your own in Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel and I do believe as much as it pains me to give Debo a lot of money because I'm afraid he's going to get hurt you got to reward guys like that in the locker room I'm I'm right there with you. I think Lakin Tomlinson, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa are the kind of three yeah. in-house guys that need to check those boxes after the Garoppolo trade. Mm-hmm. But you brought up something I wanted to get to. So we'll get back to the quarterback stuff in a second. If the Niners were to, let's say they do the Samuel and Bosa extensions where the the bigger money kicks in down the road, which, I'm, mm-hmm. which is how it's going to go. 
mm-hmm. and they they get Tomlinson on a on a decent deal. They have a little bit of money to spend. If they were going to, let's say, overpay or go big, like top of market, are you looking at a corner, a defensive end? I think those are the two spots. I if you're going to overpay, that's probably the spot to do it. Who would you go get if the Niners were just like, hey, Joe, we're going to go get a top of the market guy? Who are you telling them to get? Well, again, going back to value, I think the depth of this free agency is in pass rusher. Now, you saw Khalil Mack get moved today for uh, a second and a six, which blew me away. Like, blew me away. I mean, I I still think he's got a lot of good football to play. Whether it's Vaughn Miller, Chandler Jones, like, go right down the list. There are playmakers on the edge. How many great corners are there really right now? JC Jackson, I'm a little leery of, and I've been screaming about him all year, but like those New England corners, once they leave New England, what are you getting? You know, there was an under the radar signing that that New England Patriots had, which was Matthew Judon, who was an absolute force for them on the edge. You don't need to get a superstar opposite Nick Bosa. Get me one of the Smith brothers who might be released from Green Bay. Get me Chandler Jones, who I think has a lot of high level football. Now you complimentary put another piece opposite Bosa that we thought D Ford would be. And then you go in the draft and get a cornerback. Like to me, all the best cornerbacks now, at least in the last 10 years, you find those guys in the top 60 picks in the draft. It's really hard to find those guys in free agency. Otherwise, teams are trading two and and and, and three picks for them like, uh, like the Rams did to go get themselves Jalen Ramsey. I'm fascinated by what the Niners think about cornerbacks because you say they're all taken in the top 60. Well, the Niners pick, oddly enough, it's 61 this year. Are they going to go get a corner there? Like I thought they'd go corner when Asante Samuel fell to them last year and they trade back and they get Aaron Banks. I just don't know if they value corner enough where they'd sit there at 61 and go, yeah, this is, this is our guy. It's interesting that you bring this up and I'll ask you this question. How many actually great corner, not lockdown. Cause that, that word just thrown around. Like how sure. many great corners are truly in the league right now? Um, I'm I'm sure there there none none come to mind in this in the way that Charles Woodson or Darrell right. Revis or, yeah. or somebody once did. Stephon Gilmore was really good a couple of years ago, but yeah. I think he's past his prime and he's hurt. Um, Patrick Peterson's past his prime, right? I got I mean, Shaylen Ramsey, and then like maybe Tre'Davious yeah. White, you know, Lattimore, guys like that. Like, yeah, but there's Ward's a big drop good. off, right? But it's not, but none of those guys to me outside of Ramsey. I, I don't know how I how I miss yeah. Ramsey, but. Outside of Ramsey, none of those guys scream like, oh, that's a surefire Hall of Famer, like chalk him in, fit him for a gold jacket today. Yeah, ex- exactly. So where I'm going at with this is I just think we overvalue cornerbacks in general. Now, that doesn't mean that the 49ers have not been well below par when it comes to finding competent cornerbacks because they've been awful at it. I mean, it's they led the league in every statistical penalty and yardage. I mean, there's just horrific year with the DBs. But like, I'm not trying to spend a ton of money in free agency on, you know, a, a mediocre cornerback. Like, that's just the way I view it. There are so many more, infinitely more superstar wide receivers than there are our corners. I'm willing to say beef up what I think is already the strength of the team in pass rush and just don't be God awful at corner. Like I don't need like incremental gains for me, Kyle. So how do you view? Cause uh, in this division, DK and Cooper cup, and all this, you're not locking them down. Just don't get destroyed for 200 yards against them. Right. It's every team. Like when you were looking at the playoffs, it was not just the NFC West. <laughs> it was the bills. Yes. It was the chiefs. It was Tampa Bay. It was, uh, it was Dallas. Like it was every single team. It's like, man, they're two, three deep yep. because the wide receivers are so freaking good now, but I'm with you. I don't think that 
going and spending big on JC Jackson or Stefan Gilmore, or whoever it is, is necessarily the answer. They just need to get deeper. Yes. Like, can you go sign yes. Casey Hayward and maybe Casey Hayward starts over Ambry Thomas? Maybe he doesn't. But if he doesn't, like your number three corner is all of a sudden not a disaster. Exactly. Can you and, and it's not just not, lob not it up disastrous. in penalties. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers game, uh, whatever, week two, week three, the first three, home yeah. game. He just step back, lob it up. I mean, it was lollipop central. And it's like, okay, we're, we're done here. You don't even need to be Darrell Revis in his prime. Just don't be Josh Norman at the end of his line. <laughs> that's that's and that's that's where I see the there's this kind of debate right between building your defense front to back or mm-hmm. back to front. And it's so hard to do the back to front. Thing. I know you have to be so good at corner. And then how do you pay those guys? I just, yeah. I don't, I don't think I, I kind of agree with the Niners philosophy and not paying corners or not spending premium assets on corners, but at some level, like if you're going to go draft and develop, like you need to draft a guy, a, like a, like a really talented player at some point. Yeah, and, and the other thing is you can only get what college is giving you, right? Mm-hmm. This year, there are no quarterbacks. College didn't mm-hmm. give you any quarterbacks that were eligible to come out, and that's why there's a big drop-off. Now, I'm sure one will pop because that's what randomly happens, right. but if you just look historically at the draft, right now we are at a premium when it comes to pass rushers are just flying into the league, right. the left and right, and offensive line play is not good. You are not getting – three-year studs. The Quentin Nelsons are few and far between, right? Too many guys more resemble Mike McGlinchey. He's good. He's a starter. He's middle of the pack, but he's not knocking your socks off. That's why you go pay Trent Williams premium money because there's a big difference between him and, you know, player X at that position. I just feel like the cornerbacks are all so stacked together. I'm not trying to spend premium money in that particular area. Playmakers is a different story. If they could get one playmaker at safety, that's where you'd have a playmaker now on the front end with, with Bosa on the front line. Then you'd have the middle back, uh, the middle linebackers, Fred Warner's a playmaker, and then someone on the back end. Now at all levels, I got a playmaker. That to me is a little more feasible than lockdown corner that does not exist, and you're just throwing money away like it's Nate Clements. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
go to your happy price, price line. Jimmy Ward is so fascinating. Like you talk about needing a playmaker at safety. I think Jaquaski Tart has been a solid player. Like he's solid, been, yeah. He's been good. And Jimmy Ward, I feel like if you watch him game in and game out, it's like, man, Jimmy Ward's a pretty damn good player. But Agreed. Like you said, he had that two interception game this year, and it was like, hallelujah, Jimmy Ward <laughs> intercepted a pass. I know. And that's that's I I I'm inclined to agree because I think like Talanoa Hufanga might start, but I don't know if he's ever going to be like a man. That guy had five interceptions this year. Can mm. Tavarius Moore be that coming off the Achilles injury? I do think when when you know you the, I'm <laughs> we're at March 10th, so I'm officially like any mock draft that comes out, I'm like looking at it and yeah. and cruising around. It seems like there's a lot of those type of safeties that are like, man, this guy just in the back end flies around, and I think. I have a theory with the Niners draft, and I've said this before on the pod, but I want to I want to run it by you. I think the reason they miss on guys like Aaron Banks, and maybe Aaron Banks will be good, but I'm not super optimistic. Yeah, I'm skeptical. I mean, you got to see him before you can pencil him in as a starter. It's crazy. But a better example might be Dante Pettis, um, Trey Sermon. Again, maybe got to see him a little bit, but I think the reason they hit on guys like George Kittle and guys like Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are because at some point in the draft, they stopped drafting for need necessarily. And they're just like, Hey, this guy's an awesome athlete. We're going to put, do that earlier, like mm-hmm. trade up in the second round. And if there's a safety, whether it's Jaquan Brisker or, or Jalen Petrie or whoever it is, those are two names that popped into my head. Um, and it's just like, this guy's an athlete. He's going to make plays. Just go get that guy and then coach mm-hmm. him up to make, to go be a playmaker. Don't Absolutely. go. We need an offensive lineman. We're going to draft an offensive lineman, and that's what we're going to do. And it doesn't matter if he fits, but it's an offensive lineman. Just go get athletes. Well, I, I'm I'm glad that you bring that up because it does feel like when it comes to linebackers and D line, they find these guys randomly. Whether it's mm-hmm. other free agents that have done nothing anywhere else, and they're just run of the mill dudes. Whether it's guys they drafted like DJ Jones coming out of nowhere, playing his best ball. You know, Kerry Hyder Jr. coming here and and looking amazing. Arden Key. Arden like, Key. You know, uh, Al Shayer, no one saw him popping the way he did this year. And there's some flaws in his game, but he played really well this year. You know, he played really well out of nowhere. Um, Dre Greenlaw is a great example uh, of somebody. I- I'm with you. I, <laughs> there is something, and this is, I go back to the DK Metcalf theory. Don't overthink it. If you're 6'3 and 240 or 230 and you run a 4'4, like sometimes bigger, stronger, faster does win it out. All right. There's no analytics to that. Dude, this I love that the Seahawks. I don't. I don't love that the Seahawks took him. But what the Seahawks did was they said, "Hey, you're really good at running in a straight line. Great, we're gonna do that. Okay, now we're gonna get that slant involved, and you're just gonna <laughs> yes. body people. And those yes. are the two things you're gonna do, and nobody can do anything about it. Yeah, it, I would. I would love to see it. the 49ers do more of that. I'm, I, it, I'm right exactly, there. exactly. One well, and and well, the other thing though, too, Kyle. And I don't know how much this factors into it. I have con- like pondered. What is John Lynch looking for in a secondary player? This is a guy who played Hall of Fame level secondary, one of the best safeties in my entire life. And I really don't know if he knows what to look for. I don't know if the way he played the game is so different than how the game is played now that all of his own instincts, uh, instinctual like things that he looks for, maybe they don't translate to the current game. I just don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. Like, remember Adrian Colbert? Like, I thought Adrian yeah. Colbert was going to be a find. I so I got in arguments during the 2018 draft with people that I, the Niners should draft Derwin James 
And I got into arguments because people were like, don't need him. Got Adrian Colbert. <laughs> hey, Derwin was, James. Not, dude, he was, he was. I did a live draft show with Chris Townsend. And I remember we traded away Trent Brown and drafted Mike McGlinchey. And I have a theory. Don't take the second best player on any college unit unless it's Alabama. That's my rule, right? <laughs> I, I go back. Manny Lawson was taken in the same draft totally. as Mario Williams. Yep. Okay. He's feasting on single coverage on the other side while Mario yep. Williams is getting double and triple teamed. Well, Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey played damn near right next to each other for their entirety of their career. Mm-hmm. Of course, McGlinchey's tape is going to look better in college than, than what normal guys would. Quentin Nelson is the next Larry. Allen. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. I I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one, man. Sometimes they just overthink it. We're talking about DK Metcalf and speaking of DK Metcalf and the Seahawks is Russell Wilson leaving the division, the biggest move for the 49ers this off season. I mean, like in terms of, let me tell you what, yeah. In terms of things that are moves they are going to make that are going to affect winning that, uh, that move Wilson leaving ostensibly turns two 49ers losses into two very much more winnable games like that could that alone could account for two wins for them next year kyle think of how many death injuries that they've had up in um up in seattle like it, it's not just how hard those games are to win which they rarely did against russ mm-hmm. they seem to always get body bagged like every yes. single time up there right there was a level of physicality they would be coming out of any of those games whether it's at home or in seattle where it was like oh my god we like six guys got crushed in this game yeah. Like there was just something about it. He, in my estimation, in my lifetime, Brett Favre and Russell Wilson are the two 49er killers. When yep. these guys got on the field against the 49ers, it was like the longer he had the ball in his hands and you didn't sack him, something wild was going to happen and he was going to crush your soul. And every single time he'd pull a rabbit out of his hat. I have tremendous respect for Russ. I gave in trying to rip him years ago. He's, he's unbelievable. time talent. I don't know if he's going to be another Super Bowl guy or not. I'm so happy he's out of the division and I'm shocked I'm re- I'm legitimately shocked that they went with Pete Carroll and Schneider over Russell Wilson. I am too. And but they're doing a complete teardown too. They got rid of Bobby Wagner, which is super significant. Like he's mm-hmm. expensive, but still killed a, the like, Niners. Like awesome play. Yeah, killed the Niners and everybody. It's never good when you I I'm as you can I'm sure you can remember the all the times the Niners beat Russell Wilson. Like off the top of the head, you because they were so few. I know. You just remember very specifically which ones, which ones they won. I just, when he got traded, it was very much one of those like, oh, that's like, not only are the Seahawks just done, like they're packing it up, they're going to rebuild, but that's, that's two games now that it used to be like, oh man, the Seahawks watch out no matter how good they are. Russell Wilson, like Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson stunk for parts of this year, but just turned it on against the Niners. Both oh, the game no. at Levi Stadium and then and then up there in in Seattle. So I thought, like in all seriousness, that could legitimately be one of the most significant moves oh, for the Niners in the offseason. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's absolutely and, and I I will say this. I think it's Im- almost impossible for an organization to move off their greatest player, like Steve Largent, Cortez Kennedy. Like pick who you want from Seattle. Russ Sean is that Alexander. dude. To yeah. me, it's Russ. Like he he is. He's their number one player all time in the history. To not only lose him, but you lose Bobby Wagner on the same day. I got to say, on some level, I respect the boldness. I really do. I I mean, they knew that they were not closer to a championship. They were closer to top five picking than they were competing for championships. And as hard as it is, it might be the best thing to happen to them. But for the first year or two, I mean, let's be real. We got to smash them. 
Yeah. They, the, the 49ers, when Russ was there, 16 and four, Russell Wilson was against San Francisco. That's crazy. Stupid. They, no. they need to, I'm, I'm with you. They need to win a couple of those. Uh, last thing before we get you out of there, um, Trey Lance, I know you were, you, you went to camp last year. He tore it up when you were there, tore it up through various portions of camp. Where do you stand now? going into this year because we hear the you know we hear the the Adam Schefters and the Ryan Clarks and the oh he's not ready and what where where are you at on Trey Lance I'm really excited for him I'm I'm like really optimistic I think this is going to be so much fun he's an exciting fun player to watch is like one of my favorite things in sports is identifying a talent on the come up Jonathan Kaminga for the Golden State Warriors oh. right now. Like I, I can't get enough of him. You know what I mean? Young Tim Lincecum. Like when you see someone who is physically more gifted than an entire field of the best of the best of the best, like there's just something intoxicating about that. And I love watching that. And and look, whether he ends up, you know, living up to the billing. I mean, I saw a Colin Kaepernick workout today. I thought Colin Kaepernick was going to be a 15-year player and going to be one of the greatest 49ers who ever lived. Like yeah. I really did. I thought he was going to develop into that. They had organizational stability at the time. Time and everything ended up going wrong. Um, he's in a great situation to win. I'm really excited for him. More importantly, I think he's a good dude. Like, that's the thing. I'm yeah. rooting for the young man because I think he's a good dude. I think he comes from good chops. Um, here's my, my analogy for him. Mike Shanahan, who I've read a lot of books about, is obsessed with John Elway being the greatest quarterback of all time in terms of skill set, what you look for. Mm-hmm. Bill Walsh, in a lot of his memoirs, said he tried to trade Joe Montana in the 83 draft to go get John Elway. I see a lot of the same similarities in style of play and physical gifts. This kid, just because he's a black player, everyone goes mobile, run, da-da. No, 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 no. John Elway, cannon, behind the line of scrimmage mobility, extreme intelligence, just got to refine it. You just got to refine the whole thing and put it all together. Who better than Kyle Shanahan? I'm really looking forward to this, Kyle. Yeah, I'm, I am too. I can't remember, like Colin Kaepernick, the the hype was real going into 2013, but this is the Lance thing just feels different to me is the number three pick. Yeah. And we got some glimpses this year, especially in that in the second half of that Texans game. I just I'm not buying that he's not ready thing. Oh, I'm not buying I mean, that he needs to sit another year. He needs to play. And I think he's t- going to be really good. Let me, let me tell you this, uh, Kyle. He's got great weapons around him. OK, yes. and I always look at like your team. How do your teammates react to you? The first ever spring training for Tim Lincecum, Barry Bonds was like, he's the franchise. Barry Bonds, okay? <laughs> he's the franchise and pointed at him, okay? When we went to camp, it wasn't just what I saw. I'm looking at how Fred Warner and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and all of his peers, how are they reacting? Okay, what are the looks on their faces? They know the players know you talk about Jordan Love in Green Bay. The players know he's not ready like they can tell like he's not ready. And you hear how they speak about him. Time will tell. He's got a long way to go. I think the future sky's the limit. Here's the crazy thing. If he just surpasses thirty nine hundred yards in twenty seven touchdowns, I know that's a lot, but that is the low, the low end. Right. If you can get to that, that's that's like average quarterback production in the NFL. Well, that's right. the high watermark since Jeff Garcia. All right. For the 49ers in the most pass happy era ever. And you actually have two stud wide receivers. You've got a great tight end. You've got a franchise left tackle. We know the running game is going to be there and you've got an all world play caller. Like to me, there are no excuses. And I actually think that he's going to surpass 4,000 yards. And I think you're going to see a three to one, you know, four to one touchdown to interception ratio. He's going to make dumb plays, but he's going to rip it downfield. And I'm really 
really pumped to see it happen. I I think what you said about all world play callers interesting because I'm like Kyle Shanahan has his has his shortcomings like on fourth downs and late game mm-hmm. decision making especially. I'm really interested to see if Trey Lance does develop into this just kind of superstar playmaker in that upper echelon of NFL QBs, that top five, six range, what Shanahan's play calling looks like and what his decision-making looks like with a quarterback that can a run and B that he trusts to make a play on fourth and two from the Rams 45 instead of punting. Kyle evolution is the word that I like to say. If you look at Bill Walsh's early years versus the late years, he evolved as a play caller. Okay. Mm -hmm. Based on the personnel that he had around him and the synergy he had with that quarterback, Andy Reid has his playbook evolved over the years. Part of being a all world coach. If you want to be one of those guys, if Kyle can be one of those guys, you have to evolve as a play caller. And I'll be honest with you. It's not just a function of Jimmy. Kyle needs to evolve as well. He can scapegoat Jimmy all he wants, but he also needs to, to, to look in the mirror because at the end of the day, it does come on him. That fourth and two in that situation of that game, you have nothing to lose but to go for it in the NFC Championship. I was there. I'm screaming. I don't care if Jimmy missed the throw on the third play of the game to George Kittle. Gosh darn it, you got to lay it out now. You are not going to stop them. All right? And so I love, I love Kyle Shanahan. He will be a better coach as time goes on. I'm a better broadcaster. You're a better broadcaster with the more reps. Quarterbacks get better with reps, and so do head coaches. We think they're stagnant, right? And they never get better or worse. That could not be farther from the truth. I'm right there with you. Joe Shasky, Morning Roast, 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. Joe, thanks, man. Thanks, Kyle. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.